Welcome back to another episode of the NES Experience. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast, our channel. Uh, also on Spotify, wherever you listen to us, just like and subscribe. It would be fantastic. This episode of the NES Experience, we are kicking things off by talking a little bit about Halloween coming up in the next week. Uh, great time, great holiday. My girlfriend's birthday is also Halloween, uh, so I don't really celebrate anymore. But when I used to, uh, in high school, I used to rent out a costume, like a, a full-size tiger mascot costume, a little furry thing, kind of like what you'd see on the sidelines of like a, an LSU game, but without the jersey. And I would sit outside with a bowl of candy because I was too old to trick or treat, unfortunately, these days, you know, being a 16-year-old. And too big. And definitely too big, but I would also stick hay at the ends of the sleeves and in my, my boots at the end, so I kind of pretended I was a hay mascot with a bowl of candy that just said, take one, and also kind of had a, a little kitchen knife in my hand with, with some ketchup, and when unsuspecting children would take more than one, or if they had a lot of candy in their bag, I would reach out, grab their hand, and then chase them down the street. And if they dropped their candy, it was mine now. Trick or treat. I was the trick. Um, Ned, how do you like to celebrate Halloween? Well, first off, that's great. Uh, because there's nothing I hate more than when a little douchebag kid tries to jack a whole bowl of candy. So my wife would buy like 40 pounds and she's like, oh, we'll just fill up a big bucket and put it out there because we have to go trick-or-treating. And I'm like, no, you don't do that because the little asshole kid's going to take the whole thing. Oh, we'll just go back and refill it. Nope, nope, not doing that. But yep. we got a ring camera. And sure enough, so she puts the bucket out. I'm like, this shit's going to get cashed in 30 minutes. And the little asshole kid walks up. And he's like, oh, and he goes two hands deep. Then he looks up and he's like, oh, the ring camera. And then he nudged his buddy, and they're like, no, no, no. So the ring camera actually is pretty good deterrence against um, punks. But uh, my Halloweens are... My Halloweens have changed through the years. So uh, when I was a kid, Halloween was interesting. So I was able to experience the, you know, good trick-or-treating, going to a lot of houses and getting candy. But... The outfit creation was a general dumpster fire. So we shopped for normal humans. Like our kids right now are like, I want to be this for Halloween. You know, it's, I don't even know what the date is. Early October makes sense. And then you get their costume, they have it for weeks and then they go out there and then, you know, repeat. And, but for us, it was, we went shopping November 1st because that's when all the Halloween stuff is 50 to 90% off. So basically, I constructed, I guess I had to jump on it, 364-day jump on it over everyone else. So I would go there, ransack the garbage, because when your shit's fifth, you know, what is all that? Every kid in America was like, let me get everything that I need for Halloween. And then all the kids had everything in the world, and then there's what's in the store. So I had to, like, bullshit piecemeal nonsense together. And probably the ages of 8 to 14, I was the mixed up weirdo or the fucked up weirdo. That was my outfit because it would be like, you know, the nose glasses with the big ass tie 
with maybe, you know, some bear claws on the hands. And it was just, you know, holding a knife, wearing blue jeans. It was just, you know, it looked like a homeless person, you know, was, was and they're just like, what are you? I'm like, mixed up weirdo. They're like, oh, interesting. But the mixed up weirdo was 90% off, you know, back a year ago. So the costumes change because you never know what's going to be on severe clearance. Um, so that was a little bit troubling and not optimal. I just kind of wanted to be like fucking He-Man or something. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. So Halloween as an adult. Now I feel it's... like I feel like He-Man would have been a really easy one to be because he has his shirt off most of the time. And, you know, you just kind of just put a belt or something around he-man now i mean i'm not i'm not at my age i had boobies so i'm I'm not trying to have boobies on halloween it was already hard to get candy because i was by the time i was 13 i was like 6 2 230 it's like oh look at the fucking 24 year old loser trash kid trying to fucking get candy so my days of trick-or-treating much like that's why i said you got too big you know for us if i was 5 3 and wearing a costume i could be in my early 30s and go trick-or-treating if i want but when you're massive you know my window really stopped at 13 by 14 i was 280 i was you know bigger than 90 percent of the houses that i went to so it was a wrap but as i said adults it's different it's cute with the kids and everything uh, a couple things that i have found work is our neighborhood the families have beer so i have there's three or four houses that have beer stops so i make sure that our route that we do we always go to the individual beer places um that really helps with the patients aspect of it and also i've implemented the data attacks which means i get their candy just like the federal government uh it's my choice you know there is they have a little bit of a say but overall uh the data attacks is in full effect and with the inflation going on right now i mean they're going to get hit harder than ever this year uh you know everybody's got decisions once election time comes through but you know they're they're going to be hurting they're going to be hurting in about 30 days so halloween as an adult is alcohol and data taxes in kids it was as a kid it was just embarrassingly not really good halloween costumes does that answer your question yeah i think that does it uh, Let me another well did i cut you off i was going for the setup i was going to say i was I'm, i was about to punch it back in the face ah there you Starting go. Starting in Punch three, it. two. All right, moving on. Top five Halloween candies. That's uh, what I was going to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why now we have to redo it again? I think we're fine. Maybe we can leave this in. No, it's over. All right, three, two, one. All right, moving on. Top five Halloween candies. Uh, fun fact for you the most common candy in connecticut can you guess what it is even though you already know almond joy correct the almond joy bougie s connecticut you would think reese's you would think snickers no the almond joy uh we're going with top five candies today everybody's got a top five uh i'm going to start with mine 
in fifth place. And these have changed, obviously, through the years. Uh, but number five, I'm going with the 100 grand. Crunchy, caramel, delightful. Your five? Oh, uh, if we're starting with five, man, I was thinking, I was going one through five, and at four and five, I was still thinking in my head. Um, M&M's. It was going to be my four, but that that's now it's my five. All right, you're going to safety with the M&M's. Number four, I'm going with a payday. You? A Milky Way. That's a great choice. Uh, good weight when I was a kid, which is probably why I was overweight as a kid. I, my candy bar choices would be purely based off of the most amount of ounces. And at one point in time, the Milky Way was like 2.26 ounces. So that and the Snicker bar are your two heaviest candies. So if you got, you can only get one candy bar, obviously, and you're a little fat kid, you got to roll with the, you know, the heaviest weight one. And we know that those are quite satisfying. Uh, my number three is actually Milky Way. Um, and when you look at, at the at the top three, you said earlier today you had... Uh, Really, it comes down to the three heavy hitters, so I'm ready to get into those. Three is Milky Way for me, you? Yeah, um, obviously you overvalued Milky Way because I have it at number four. Uh, for me, number three are Three Musketeers. Uh, the healthiest of the hardcore log-shaped candy bar, pitching 25 to 35% less fat. Uh, good choice for you. Number two, the Snicker timeless it's the polo shirt of candy bars hopefully you feel the same way yeah uh for my number two i'm going uh for another value pick uh again thinking you missed one on the snickers i'm going for kit kats kit kats are great don't they were in, used to be in my top five but i want to say two two halloweens ago i just have you ever just ate like you know, 75 Kit Kats? About two weeks ago, I did, yes. All right. Uh, well, I did that. And the good news is, really, I should just eat 100 of every candy bar because then I won't even like candy bars anymore. But I officially OD'd on the Kit Kat and it dropped out of my top five. Uh, my number one, uh, maybe it's because I'm, I've lived in Connecticut now longer than Indiana, but it is the Almond Joy uh, it's recent. It's an adult thing. It's a kid thing. It's uh, you actually for it being the most liked candy bar in Connecticut, you don't find a lot of them. So like Reese's, I can't even eat Reese's anymore because you open up the bag and it's 70% Reese's products. And it's just like, uh, done with that. Whereas Almond Joy, there's three. I'm snagging the data tax number one. I'm, I'm taking every Almond Joy in the joint. You? Yeah, uh, I think that's a Trey Lance level pick right there. Uh, I am going number one, clearly Reese's. I mean, as I said, I think if I didn't eat all my children's candy all the time, Reese's is, I mean, Reese's is really should be the polo shirt of the timeless polo shirt of candy because uh, nobody really, I'm an outlier. This is just the fact that I eat too much candy. So, I mean, trust me, if you, if you pull up, pull a hundred people, your list is better than mine. 
your uh-huh. your list is like going into a Dave Matthews deep dive, you know, listening. Yeah, no, it's weird. Situation. The hundred grand, the payday. It's just it's out there. It's not mainstream. Um, but when you eat a lot of candy, you have to veer out. It's like your Reese's radio play pop music. I need uh, I need to spice it up. I think I think Reese's is like Jimi Hendrix playing Little Wing. Never gets old. That peanut butter cup. Ooh. That is that is something right there. Um but yeah, I think you're right. My list clearly wins out. Your list, horrific. Fits in very well for the episode theme though, because we're talking about horrific Halloween weight room stories. Uh so my I guess this means I'm safe, but when you asked me when we were talking about the podcast about horrific hot or horrific weight room stories, thankfully I don't have a lot. So we are but with the, some of the people that I work with, it's shocking that there's been a lot of near really bad things that have happened, but we've been very fortunate. But uh the first one would be at the Valley Batting Cage. Uh, this would have been a little bit after you might have been training this time, but I think you might have been at college. But one of the athletes, he ended up, uh, Gulia, he ended up going to RPI. So he was jumping on uh, my plyo boxes and my plyo boxes, you jumped on them. They're not the foam, you know, I could just pile right into it, the side of it and be okay. It's I got to make the jump sturdy metal. So he was a very athletic person with clumsy tendencies and he had a clumsy tendency. He went to jump on the box. It scraped all the way up and down his shin. And as soon as it happened, it was basically a bloodbath. This was borderline. I was just it was like the blood was pouring out and I'm pouring sweat. And everybody's like, oh, shit, there was it was pre almost pre like social media era. But we do have a picture of it that that I got to send to you. But it was the biggest I'm just like, I need to call like this is just so much blood. This kid's this is just terrible. And I'm like, I should really be calling 911. But I don't like the doctor. Uh, So we just used the most amount of paper towel and gauze on earth and held pressure on it for like an hour. And, uh, and he was all right. So that would be number one. Um, another one, and this is like repeated, this repeatedly happens. You go into a weight room, you're back squatting. All right. You got 145 on each side. Then you got, that's 135. You have 245. That's 225. You have 345. That's 315. And so on four, four of them is whatever, 400 pounds. So, I mean, common sense button you would think you would take off one off the left and one off the right and one off the left and one off the right and and you go back and forth right until your bar is clean and you just there's just one percent of the population that are just bricks and they take so the kid had 405 on the bar he's a fucking brick so he takes one off and i'm always looking over there and then he takes another one off and I'm like, yo, yo. And then and then he takes another one off. And I'm like, and then I'm screaming. And then by the time, so he takes the fourth one off. And what the fuck do you think happens when you got 180 pounds on one side and zero on the other? 
So the bar flies up and just so dangerous. And then all the weights, because of course there's no clips on the bar because you're taking everything off the bar. Then you see all the 45s fly off one side. Now you kind of have that 180 and zero thing. Then the bar flies up the other way and then it shoots another 180 project pounds of projectiles on that. And then who knows what the bar decides to do at the end, but it is just anybody. Have you been in a weight room to see that dumpster fire happen? Oh yeah. Look, look, actually multiple times in college it happened and yeah, it happens a lot more often than you think it would if you're not in a weight room, but every now and then it's just like you said, you got one or two people who are just brain dead for 30 seconds and weight just goes flying. I basically become Bobby Knight in those occurrences. I just completely unload and would love for anyone to challenge me when that happens. I will just, I mean, hopefully not physically touch them, but I will kick them the hell out of the program. That is just like, come on, man. Um, and then number three, this wasn't in my weight room, but this was at uh, Hamden Hall, but we were doing the Hamden Hall combines and one of our athletes, BP, he, we worked the combine in or the 225 bench test into what they did because we can showcase them and pick our events. And he was a kid in house. He was doing 23, 24 reps of the bench and 25 reps at 225 for a junior in high school. That is something that kind of checks a box. Um, and he was trying to go D1. So when we all got there, it was your standard communication mess. And then we were told that the test was going to be scrapped. So we started to head down to the field to warm up for the 40. And then right when we walked down, then the test is all right, now we're testing. So basically the kid went in with no warm up. Now, whether that played a role in this whole thing or not, but he went in and I'm spotting him. And then he, by rep four, you just hear pop ah, and snappo Torres peck. So that was one of the only times I've, you know, under my own, it was the only time under my own watch that, you know, that happened. Um, he competed though. He still did all right, but he ended up not going D one, which I think he should have. He was going to get a, basically a U pen offer. All he had to do was break five in his 40, obviously, he didn't even need to do 25 reps and show out. And all he had to do is what he was doing in practice. And he would have, he would have got the offer. So that was, uh, that's something I'll never forget. Um, but those would be my, my three horrifying weight room experiences that hopefully I never have to experience them again. But you know, before I retire, the next dumbass is going to go in there and unload all, all of one bar. But I actually, I don't want to say I profile the athletes, but if I have some of those special guys that I think might do that, uh, I actually, in my talking them through back squatting and form and procedures and what to do, I have to actually bring up, take the weights off evenly. And that's sad. Yeah, that is a little sad, but sometimes it does need to be said. Probably happen by the end of the month, someone's just going to unload those those bars, watch them go flying. Uh, something else probably likely to happen by the end of the month, if it hasn't happened already. Uh, flu season, cold season, sickness season. It's not a great season, but as the weather changes, 
It's what you're just dealing with. Uh, I remember there's usually just a week every year in football season for, for football teams where the whole team just gets sick. So uh, any any kind of, you know, reasons why you might be getting sick, ways to avoid them, Ned? Uh, yeah, a lot of the, the information on flus, I'm kind of spitting out regurgitated things that everybody knows um, with some flair and different perspectives. Everybody thinks that, like, if you maintain a non-healthy lifestyle and don't do a whole bunch of things that I'm going to talk about, and they'll be like, yeah, I got my vitamin E drops or my vitamin D drops or my took my zinc or like, ooh, I think I might be getting sick. Let me pound some vitamin C. Most people do like this very reactive. That's, I mean, a company made billions of dollars emergency. I don't know if they went out of business or not, but it's like. Are you the procrastinator that completely destroyed your body, didn't get enough sleep, didn't eat the right way, in a completely stressed state, and now you got a scratchy throat? Drink this. This shit doesn't work, but you'll do anything. Um, we're going to get sued by emergency. So don't worry, those guys. You've gotten a lot of my money when I was younger. So I should be suing you for uh, telling me that if I take your packet, um, it's just going to make it go away. Have you ever taken the emergency packet and has it worked for you? I'll apologize to them right now. I I I am a bit of a fan of the emergency packets. I like electrolytes. My Sam gets a little, uh, you know, electrolyte kind of tablet thing that also, you know, we like to drink. I like to stay hydrated. That's a big goal of mine. So I won't slander. Some people are like, oh, it's just like salt water and saline. I'm like, hey, like salt helps to retain water. So. All right. Well, this this uh, podcast isn't for the people that want to spend react in the last 12 hours after it's already too late and try and recover from that. Uh, So number one reason and I don't know if this is, this is the NES number one reason, and it has to be, if you Google it, the number one reason. Sleep is the number one reason you're going to get sick. So there's so many, every time, I feel like on almost every podcast, we're talking about sleep at this point in time. It just, it transfers over to everything. Not getting enough sleep, you lower your immune system. Not getting enough sleep. You're not releasing the hormones that are needed to repair and recover your body to overcome stressors, which is number two. Um, so you you people desperately need to get more sleep. Um, and there's research, at least at the six, seven hour mark. If, you, if you're getting under seven hours of sleep, you are not doing, you are going to increase your risk of getting sick. So seven hours is the minimum. Um, and for me in my life, I've just made it a priority. My wife is super pissed because I don't get up with the kids in the morning. Um, and I am just the bitch. I'm a bitch. I need my sleep. Um, but what that allows me to do is I get sick usually once a year. Watch me get sick tomorrow. Uh, watch me get COVID. But you know, if you look at, like, I am surrounded in a house full of people just blowing snot rockets and wiping boogers it is a dumpster fire of, of nasty uh, with the two kids, the dogs. I got Cinny licking uh, Poppy's eyeballs. 
So dogs get like the eye boogers. Yeah, it's weird. They're best buddies. And we haven't talked about the dogs for a while. But so Poppy is like, I don't know, 40 pounds, golden doodle, um, 10 months old. I don't even know if I brought Poppy, you know, like the second kid who always gets ignored. Uh, the second dog, I don't even know if I brought it up outside of. We got a dog named Poppy. You you did. You brought up Poppy. We had a better name for your dog, but I don't think you ever ran with it. So that's a little disappointing. What was it? I I forget, but it was a lot better than Poppy. Well, if it was that good, then you wouldn't have forgot it. Anyways, so the dog, the big-ass dog, lays there with his big 40-pound eye boogers, and Sinny climbs all on top of him and just licks the fuck out of his face and just eats eye boogers, and it's nasty. And, I, and I'm like, ah, do I say something? Like, no, that's nasty, but they don't know. Um, but... That's germs. So I got two dogs that carry a lot of germs. The two kids that go to school carry a lot of germs. And my wife, who actually works in an office and doesn't have that many germs, but and I am in a in a in a box with dirty athletes, fifty to seventy five at a clip at a season that all go to come back from different universities. So it's a big lab experiment. Um, but the what I make sure within my life, the things that I'm pretty decent at controlling are the four things um because i hate i mean i am a baby when i get sick it is embarrassing uh you would think big strapping guy you know i'm not sick no i mean i never i go to but here's another thing i'm going to work when i'm sick always always go to work when you're sick stop the spread um so sleep is it goes number one. Stress is number two. Um, your cortisol levels raise when those raise. Immune system lowers. You know, stress obviously is. You know, everybody's got stress. And you got to figure out how to deal with it. Imagine that eating the right things and exercising and all the shit you don't want to do is is it all is interlinked together and generally makes you the less likely to get sick. So, you know, with stress. And stressors, what I want to bring up is, you know, your sport is a stressor and training is a stressor, along with all the things that are going on in your personal personal life. So if you are training too much, um, your body is going to become overtrained and your immune system is going to lower and you're, you're, you're going to have an increased chance of getting sick. So doing too much or doing too little, um, not exercising at all. That didn't make my top four, but that is on the list and it's all kind of worked in together. But um, managing stress levels is very important and making sure that you're not, you're, you're guys that are always working out and no days off guys, your no days off guys are the, are the people that are sick all the time. Your people doing fall ball six days a week uh, when you're, you know, 13 years old, which is a topic that we're going to bring up at another point in time, those things and, and overloading your body with too many stressors, you're going to get sick. Um, nutrition. So the things that you eat. So if you eat the right foods, they can actually um, raise your immunity and decrease the chance of you getting sick. So when you when people hear the buzzwords, now we're going into vitamins, vitamin C. Uh, vitamin D and zinc. Those are your three 
you know, important ones. So people are like, all right, I'm just going to take CD and zinc pills. Right. But you can take those pills and then get three hours of sleep and you're just going to get sick. All of these things are working together to prevent sickness. So uh, side fact, one more reason why we love eggs, because eggs have a lot of vitamin D in them. And also another reason to eat the whole chicken, dark meat has vitamin D. So we also, we keep hearing vitamin D. Obviously the sun is the natural source of vitamin D. So people get less vitamin D in their system, become deficient in the winter, which plays a role in lowering the immune system and getting sick. So, so C is a big one, but just keep in mind that when you crack open your Tropicana, going to get sued by Tropicana. When you pop open their OJ, once you do all the things that they do to it, uh, you're really not getting any vitamin C. So I'm fine with the vitamin C supplement in the winter, but you should be doing it consistently. It should be starting, you know, you should start, you should be taking it now. Um, and then zinc helps with the absorption of those things. You brought up when we were originally brainstorming this B12, uh, B12 shots. Did you ever check and see if B12 shots actually do raise your immune system? And, and I don't want to hear, and you're not allowed to say, well, my, my research is based off of, uh, and taking, a, or we're supposed to, we're not supposed to say names. You got to bleep that out, bleep that out, taking a B12 shot before his game. Uh, so based on anecdotal, based on, an, yeah, I said that word, right? Based on anecdotal evidence. That ain't right. That ain't right. That, I mean, I went to complete... a public school, but that ain't right. Isn't it anecdotal? Based on, based on anecdotal evidence. That's wrong, too. Just go ahead. Sorry. Uh, based on evidence. Yeah. The B12 shot does work when injected into the buttocks. How long does it take to kick in and how... And how long I believe does it last? You should do one once a month. Did you make that up, or is that part of the research study that they did? Uh, evidence showed when taken once a month, B12 shots prevented uh, subjects from getting ill. There you go, folks. Don't forget to get your flu shot, your COVID shot, and your B12 injection. We're not doctors. Also, I'm not getting my flu shot this year. I, I, this is great. I went to a physician's house the other day to watch football and Sam was like, Hey, we need to get flu shots. I said, no, I don't. She said, well, we'll ask the physician if you should get a flu shot or not. We asked the physician, the physician said, I don't recommend anyone get shots anymore. I've learned my lesson. I said, ha ha ha, Sam. Guess what? <laughs> I win this argument. I'm not getting a flu shot. Yeah, I got hit up for my yearly. So, you going to get your flu shot and shot this year? Me and the kids are headed on over. Maybe you going to get some ice cream after. Yeah. Uh, I don't have an answer to that question yet. Uh, I need some time to think about it. So, a, a week goes by. And then... Everybody came home and everybody's dad, dad, look at my band-aid. I got this. I got one shot in one arm. I got one shot in the other arm. I'm like, that's a great job. And then mom came in. So everybody's got <clears throat> their shots. 
and uh, I might I might get the uh, the flu shot. Here's the thing: I've had I've had I'm jinxing myself. I have gotten a flu shot probably every year since '07, 15 years in a row, and I don't think I've gotten the flu more than like once out of 15 years. To me, that shit's kind of money. Either I'm lucky. There also are people that generally just don't get the flu. I was reading about that. So there are people that not complete immunity, but like severely resistant. With that being said, so I'm leaning towards a yes on the flu shot and then the shot. Mm. Yeah. If I could take a COVID shot and only get COVID once every 15 years, I would take the COVID shot every year. I can't wait for this podcast to get marked for uh for COVID misinformation on Spotify. Oh, shit. But <laughs> hey, we are we are pushing the boundaries of our podcast and bringing energy. And speaking of energy, can you tell me why it's bad if you're an athlete to get sick? Um, it is bad because you just completely rerouted it. Do you? We wouldn't get flagged. Is COVID still a thing? Do people even care anymore? I, I think, let me ask you this when was the last time you you know somebody who got covid uh actually one of the um people who work in the place where i work uh went on a cruise and their fiance got covid so they had to leave but they were back at work in like three days when they tested negative so i don't know anyone recently who has but i know someone who knows someone who had it in like May. It could be the population of people that I'm around every day, which would be college kids that are done with it. But I have not known anyone around me probably for like a year. So, um, but I did a great job of rerouting our podcast to get it back on track. And you did. We, we just completely it. missed the train there. We did miss the train, but we're going to bring it back because I'm done with the nutritional uh, category and I want to move on to wash your damn hands. Shout out to mom and dad Simmerline. Um, the one thing, speaking of COVID, 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 because the more times I say it, the more times we're likely to get uh, censored. Um, that one thing I good a good thing. I'm talking about how great COVID is. You know what I learned in COVID? I learned that washing your hands is important and it works. That is something that works is washing your hands. And my parents told me as a child, wash your hands all the time. Uh, but if we're talking about the top four reasons why people get sick, man, shit's nasty out there. Don't ever touch the TV remote in the hotel room. You will be terrified. You had to watch the Dateline specials when they pull out the blue light cameras. No. N nasty shit. No. I spent too much time in hotels. No. <laughs> Get the Lysol wipes. Another good thing about COVID, Lysol wipes. Never really used them. Now I got them around. I put them in my car. I'm driving. Now we can't, we can't post this because I'm going to get a ticket. So some people talk and drive, text and drive. I Lysol wipe and drive. Uh, good multitask. With that being said, wash your damn hands. Uh, it's a great habit to start doing and it will cut that down. You have to do these things because now you would give me the bridge into it. Um, 
we have a very short timing window with our athletes. Some athletes have two months, three months, high end six months. And the training duration or the training window just gets completely compromised. Um, so, well, it's there's off season, I'm getting sick, and then there's in season. So, like right now in football, if you get sick or if you get COVID, you are, it was even worse two years ago because they were blocking you out for, you know, weeks at a time. But it's not that you can't go out there and perform, but you're not going to perform well. Um, and what you're doing on the field is putting together the resume to be able to take the resume and hopefully get a college scholarship. So you're either missing competition and resume building or, you know, you're not Jordan in the flu game. I know you were thinking of that. Um, if you're Jordan, then you can get sick because it doesn't matter because, you know, if you were LeBron James, it would be different. You would have to sit out. But, um, if you're Jordan, none of this stuff applies to Jordan because he's, he was generally bionic. Um, there's, you have to, there's the time lost when you're sick. So now we're flipping back to off season. So I get sick. You're going to miss training days. And then because you miss training days, getting sick is just like taking a vacation. When somebody's like, ah, oh, I'm sick. That means ah, oh, I'm on vacation. Your vacation is in your room where you're watching TV, you know, sleeping and eating soup and shit. But ultimately it has the same effect. So you lose the week, you lose the week of sickness, then they can get back because I have kids that are getting back at it. And then it's like, you know, my stomach hurts. You can't lift. You're not getting good workouts. You're there. But the quality of workouts, it's the same two to three week ramp up depending on how sick you get. And now you're missing a full blown training cycle. You're missing 20% of your off season potentially if you get sick one, two, three times. That's why I want my athletes and I go over all these things with my athletes and I want them to listen to this is because the people that may get the farthest are the people that do all of the things the right way. <clears throat> You're in my nine, 10 year guys. They just, they do all of these things and they're very rarely sick and they miss less time. They get to train longer. They get to train harder and they end up usually performing better and bumping people that aren't doing this. Um, Weight, it's terrifying for weight gain, guys. Nothing worse. Your weight gain and weight, you're up 10 pounds in 10 weeks, and then you get sick. And then they can't eat. And basically, they'll lose, I call it fake weight. So the good news is, if you are a skinny guy gaining weight and you do get sick, you can't spend 10 weeks, two and a half months doing something to gain 10 pounds of lean mass and then get sick for three days and lose five of your, you don't lose five pounds of, unless you're 80 in the hospital for a week. Um, but a 16 year old is not going to lose five pounds of lean mass in three days that you just don't atrophy like that. Um, but what it does psychologically is they don't understand this. This is why I'm against remote programming and I do things in house and I live the amount of athletes that I take in and try and communicate with them because I've seen it spiral out of control and you get somebody, they'll gain 20 pounds, they'll get sick and then they get back to their weight because now we're trying to get back to where we were, which, you know, if that's fake weight, that's a week. 
usually everything levels out and they're whatever pre-sick weight within one to two weeks. But that's two weeks that we could be gaining more weight on top of that. But what it can do is if you don't, if it messes with your head and then the weight gain guys end up, I've had kids just not get sick and then they lose the weight and then they give up and they don't eat the way that they were eating to be the weight that they are. And then they pitter patter out and don't get to where they need to go. So the psychological aspect plays a big role. Um, so that's my big takeaways for, for athletes and flu season. Don't get sick, take care of your body, sleep, eat well. You could bust some extra vitamins, but we're not doing the 24 hour prep. We are rolling all of these things out, eating the foods that we need to take in to maximize this, getting the, and I didn't, I mean, there's really 15 different things, but I kept it to four. There you go. Gotcha. I got two things to finish this out for the episode. Uh, just two real quick ones. First one, what is your favorite or your go-to like sick meal? And what I mean by that is if I'm feeling under the weather, I got a cold. It started when I was a little kid, don't know why. My parents would order me a lemon chicken from, you know, like a Chinese takeout place uh, and white rice. And I, that, I mean, that's just what I do. What stage of sick? Like uh, I went from not, I don't want to eat anything. Do I got to make myself eat something or like, yeah, um, you're like, you're like first meal after you're like, oh, I can't eat. Mm, I mean, it's saltines. That's the first thing that I'm eating. I mean, Hey, that, that makes sense. That's actually a really good one. I'm, we, I'm a weirdo we talk, cause I'm eating lemon chicken. Well, chicken and rice are on the easy digestible food list of things to eat when you're sick. So that does make sense, but I would go like eggs and toast cause eggs are on the list of easy to digest things. Um, in that process also vitamin D. So yeah, I usually, no, I'm not trying to get the fried seafood platter. I'll tell you that much. Fair. Uh, yeah, no, me neither. And then, uh, go to cold mess and not doing endorsements. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I even forgot the place that we were emergency. Uh, but so for me, I'm a day quill in the, the day person because day is in the name. And then I'm a huge Robitussin person. I want to sue all the cold medicine companies for class action lawsuits because 90% of motherfuckers on this earth take this shit and it don't do nothing. That's what I'm, that's my take. Uh, there is one though. I would like to highlight my, there's one product that's awesome. So this isn't all negative. This is positive shit. Afrin. Have you ever had Afrin? No, I've never heard of Afrin. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about it. All right. Bubbles, bubbles introduced it to me. So Let's do this. If you had to rank order, we won't rank order. What's the worst part when you get your standard common cold? What do you hate the most? And I hope you say the right thing. Oh, man, I hate all of it so much. You have to pick. You have to pick the worst period of time. I mean, the worst period of time is absolutely at night when you get the post nasal drip and you're unable to go sleep and then you're coughing all the time. Wrong answer. <laughs> all right. That's... What's the right answer? <laughs> 
my worst part of the night. It, that one sucks. Don't get me wrong. Mine is after that. At night, stuffy nose. Both bitches are locked up. Okay, yeah, that's Mouth terrible. breathing. Like for me, just not being able to sleep and laying down and everything is log jammed. And if you blow too hard, it goes into your sinuses and you get a sinus infection. So you can't blow your nose. It just has to kind of hang out. So the only thing that I've ever had that work, it's called Afrin. It's in a tube like this big. And you, I mean, if you're not watching the YouTube video, but you cram this thing up your nose and you shoot it and it squirts like a nasal shot and you go when you shoot it and then in within a minute and a half you're just it is just delight it's absolute delight you go from completely clogged to completely clear guaranteed or your money back guaranteed All right. i i can't wait to try it Afrin. you have to because you're going to get sick Any, uh, i'm i'm fighting a cold right now i'm just getting over one Hold on, make sure you read the bottle because the problem with that shit, because you know, anything that works, like steroids, ephedra, anything that really works, uh, there is a little back end thing. And what you can't do is you can't blast your nose like every night for two weeks. Well, because, yeah, that, that's common sense. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, like the guy that takes off four plates on one side. Yeah, common sense, not that common. I get that. There um, you go. But. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the NES Experience. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, this episode makes it and doesn't get pulled from YouTube and Spotify for COVID misinformation. We are not doctors. Uh, but I do think everything we said was in, came from a, a good place of heart and was not bad. Uh, it, it probably would have been worse if we discerned that you took the Johnson and Johnson vaccine and like died on the couch, you know, a day after. And you remember that story. Oh, I'll, I'll never forget that story. Cause, and it is fitting for this episode. I remember you're not a person who usually gets sick. So when you were like, oh, I feel bad. I can't go to work. I was like, whoa, that's pretty crazy because I don't you're a worker. Work. Yeah. And the people when I FaceTime to tell them to work, to tell them what to do, they said I looked like I was in my deathbed. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, what a experience this NES experience has been. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, again, remember to like and subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. We greatly appreciate it. And if you want to go a little above and beyond, leave a comment, leave a review nice things we appreciate them and you know maybe do it on both the spotify and the youtube maybe go to like amazon music or whatever we're on there too apparently and uh yeah just nes experience all over the place go listen to us everywhere we're coming everywhere